After Buzz TV's After Show 4 Feud season finale. Oh my God. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Sleeping on the job. Wow, Fern Renee here with Kevin Undergaro. I I saw it twice. I, I couldn't. I saw this last night. Could not sleep. Could not fall back to sleep. Thought maybe it was things going on in my personal life. Fern, you saw it. Oh my god! And you said if if I wasn't there, you would have bawled your eyes out. <laughs> if I were at home watching in the comfort of my home with no makeup on, I would have let it. I would have cried my eyes out. It, I'm here at After Buzz watching with my fake eyelashes on, so I couldn't let it out. You, you pulled a Joan. Oh, my God. And, 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 and a Betty, as we learned in this episode, how much they how were the same. Yes. But, oh, my, I mean, my heart, I'm speechless. My heart is there a million There were so pieces. many lines. The writing was so beautiful and perfect and wonderful, and there were so many lines that I choked off. I couldn't take it. It was, uh, and directing-wise, uh, beautiful. Gwyneth Horder. Porter Payton. Payton, uh, mm-hmm. as you said, she directed Mommy Dearest, mm-hmm. the Mommy Dearest episode, yes. and uh, this is a one to watch. This kid, yes. But um, another I, female director. Exactly. You know, we have this music. Yeah, let's let that keep going, Juliet. So you know, we we open with Pauline. It's in '78 yes. at the documentary. Yes. And we see Pauline has gone on as we would expect. Mm-hmm. She marries. She does the civilian thing, but then mm-hmm. discovers documentary filmmaking with something yes. worthwhile which is you know um it's a military documentary right mm-hmm. yes about um uh war crimes and veterans right mm-hmm. and it's yeah. g- again i mean this ro- this thing just it wrote itself yeah because even that like the symbolism of war to talking about war crimes yes. right is this not one giant and crime she described of war as, she described joan crawford as being tossed away and then you see joan crawford flipping through the channels and you see it looked like men in vietnam running vietnam the, sure yes. so sure this is the this is the documentary that the woman who you told is probably never going to be a director on tv right. who you tossed away now her yes film is on tv and thank god she got her mom- one of the mm-hmm. redeeming characters in this i think um and when she describes seeing joan at the airport mm-hmm. Dressed in pink with white makeup, in a wheelchair, alone, broken ankles, drunk. Um, drunk. I mean, was she not Baby Jane? Right. Right. Yes. right. A shut in. Mm-hmm. Like even though the the Baby Jane, even though the character in Baby Jane, she didn't want to portray. Remember, Betty said to her, "Come on, you're a shut in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you've never seen sunlight." Now she's become that. But in Baby Jane, you, you, the other one hadn't seen sunlight really either, and she right, was living in her past. Right, but she owned it. But she owned it. Mm-hmm. You know, she, with her makeup and right. whatnot. Um, but she was living in the past, and here's Joan through LaGuardia Airport in white makeup, living, you know, living in her past. And and let's talk about the raindrops keep falling on your head. This montage where we see. We see Joan embracing, trying to embrace life of today. Mm-hmm. So today there's no full-time maid. There's no uh, mansion. It's a galley kitchen with a microwave. Right. So it's modern. Mm-hmm. Um, bright yellow and green. Like, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of hope here. She's taking care of herself. She's cleaning. Um, I, felt it was, I felt it was sad 
Yes, it was. With the TV until dinner it kind was, of thing. It was sad until we get to the next scene. Yes. The next montage. Worse. No, which that made me seeing it again go, okay, it's not bad, but you know you know it's a farce. Right. You know right. it's sugar water. Right. right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, but, but she's trying. She's trying to adapt to the new world. That's what it seems like yes, to me. Yeah. Um, even to the point that she, she, she does see the Vietnam War, so that's today. Mm-hmm. She sees it was the ladies' documentary, which is like, hmm. And then... It's what she smiles when she sees the soap operas, mm-hmm. which yes. is you know sugar water, two dimensional mm-hmm. crap. But that's right. what's fed her, that's what's nourished her her whole life. Um, which is also what you do when you have nothing to do. You watch soap yes. operas. Yes, you do. Which is what Betty's going through, though she doesn't know it. On the other side, mm-hmm. cancels lunch because she's can't fit in her can't fit that in her green dress. dress that had made an appearance earlier. Good, good eye. Um, and the the puppy comes, which a female puppy, mm-hmm. which is again, it's 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 hope. Yes. Of yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna try to make this new life work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see the red blood in yes. the sink, the pink bathroom. But then you go to the overhead shot, you see a little bit of the red lighting. Um, and Mama Sita returns, and this ends the montage of rain. You know, and raindrops keep falling my head is a light. I believe it was late 60s that that song came mm-hmm. out. So, um, and again, and this is what, this was in 67, so that makes sense. But it was, again, it's that light kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It Think of the other stuff that was coming out in the late 60s. Right. You know, like some of the darker music about the war right. or whatever. This was right. still light and fluffy. Very. And she loves it. Mamacita comes, nothing's worrying me. And mm-hmm. the door closes and she smiles and her ah, friend is back. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I, I think we can we can make a goal of this. Mm-hmm. Go to the dentist. Okay. And this is horrifying. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. Tooth infection. Because she's had six molars removed. And just when you think it was bad dentistry. We find out this was a choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, to make her cheekbones kind of sink in, to give her cheekbones, to give her cheekbones after a certain age. If she wanted to work after... 25. 25. Which is a baby. 25. Yes. Mm-hmm. What goes through your brain, Fern, as you see this as a female? I was thinking, like, what year was it that she had her those teeth removed. Can you imagine getting dentistry work back then? I don't then? know. It and probably, that she would go through the pain. Probably would be the mid-20s. Yes, that you would go through the pain of getting teeth removed at a dentist's office in the 20s because you're, that's, it's not so much, you know, in it's so 20s, easy to write it off as vanity. Ever. But it was really self-preservation that she was like, this is all I have. She's, she didn't go to college. She didn't go to grad school. Doesn't for sure. have, fam- Doesn't true have family. family. Look, she's got this that brother all, this and the mother. Self- exactly, that horrible stepfather. Brother. Father, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever. exactly. That's what she's coming from. This is self-preservation. This is if I'm going to survive and make money, this is what I have to do. So it's easy the, to write her off as vain, but it was also so much more than the, that. The the the, the procedure is called the buckle. I've never even heard of this. And it what about painful. okay? A little crack at Martha Ray, and I seem to believe Martha Ray at the end of her life doing dentures, polydent commercials, and things <laughs> like that. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Martha Ray was a big star back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, no, certainly not Joan. Um, she'll take health. Oh, what, yeah, no, oh, he no, said, oh, for, she gave her good advice. He was like, you should worry about your health now over, over your looks. At over this being age. photogenic, and, and, and then, she said, I'll worry about my looks when I'm in formaldehyde. Wow. The irony being, the next movie she does 
her the character is preserved in ice. The production design you see so right, right. Good catch, and you see in, in the colors in there too. You're seeing blues. You see a lot of pink and blue going mm-hmm. throughout this, uh, but but dark. Um, coffee shop and the agent. Um, what was that? So we go to the coffee. We go to this coffee shop oh, oh, with oh, her yes, agent yes, Stan. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And okay, this is stuff that Justin. By the way, Justin and Maria are not here today, and I'm I'm dying. I can't believe Justin's not here on the last for the last episode. <laughs> but but we we our schedules have all been wonky. Um, but the Western omelet sign. I don't. Could you see it? And like it was a little bit in reverse. And there's so much even in the next scene about West is the best and oh. You get an omelet is fried and grilled, and that and the West is she's now in the East. Do you know right. what I mean? In mm-hmm. New York, um, again, those are the days of past. She's drinking her Pepsi, and did you notice the setting? The 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 wood walls were similar to Betty's house. Oh, that now she's in like the real. Well, I think this is again. There's a role reversal. I noticed mm-hmm. in this because then those Betty is at the Hollywood restaurant that's mm-hmm. all bright. Yes, and yes, it's the yes. Joan world of the old Joan, yes. like. Um, They're seeing things from each other's sides. Yes. Uh huh. Really quickly in the ahead, the dentist's please. office, she said, "Christmas stars are like Christmas trees. When the lights go off, you see their needles. Fall. Meaning, like we like to see yes, that. Yes. Yes. That's all we want to see. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was so interesting that she would say to her dentist, is saying that she needs someone to confide in, and that this is this is the end. I feel like she knows it's the end. She and, and well. The, the, uh, notice he's going to give her pain medication, mm-hmm. which I believe is something she yes. she will abuse. Yes, and does. Um, but but I thought re- that was great writing too. It was a good line. Oh my god, it was amazing. amazing. Um, she talks about in this dim kind of coffee shop. She's looking at the missing link slash Trog as oh how exciting! I almost <laughs> played Madame Curie and M Chem, but Louis B Mayer wouldn't let me. So now I get to be an anthropologist, which she is, is so desperate, like so looking for, like, that make me look smart. Will they at least fly my maid? No. And there's no money. And even the agent's honest. He's like, yeah. I, I don't think you should do it. But she's all in. She thinks the Academy loves mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, and then this lifestyle advice book, which I didn't know about. She really did that, yes. I'm and sure all she of did. those things that she later we see her saying, giving all of these bits of advice were things she actually wrote wrote in the mm-hmm. book yeah. which we'll see a complete juxtaposition in the yes. next scene and there'll be Joan Crawford luggage Joan Crawford this Joan Crawford plastic furniture again we just keep going back to that theme of sugar water and fake and phony not real um, but but this book was it as were the sales as poor I don't know but I I know it happened I know it was Simon and Schuster I know um, Juliet in the booth by the end of the show can you see if if uh, Joan Crawford's um, lifestyle book sold I it, it, according to this it didn't so I'm sure it didn't um, but let's go to the scene now where this was the this just killed me when we got to London uh, we meet Freddie Francis the director we've got it, it's almost a repeat beat of Betty uh, of, of uh, baby Jane because there's yes. no car mm-hmm. but she took a cab and she survived. She's now, not with Mama Sita. No, and now she knows the movie's called Trog. Right. It's going to be called Trog. <laughs> and you just see her face. Uh-huh. It just starts to deflate. And then that she'll be sharing the makeup trailer with an ape. With the ape, with the with yeah, yeah and you can give him notes. Yes. She you know, but again, she's smart enough to know. Wait, he doesn't even 
look, what, his arm is like, <laughs> oh, well, well, you can give him notes. And by the way, later when you see him, he does have mm-hmm. hair in his arms. Yes. And to me, it said, I think this was Ryan Murphy them saying, hey, this lady wasn't without talent. Right. She wasn't. She had talent. She did right. have passion uh, for this. And I also thought it was interesting. She refers to it as the picture and, the, and Freddie Francis refers to it as the movie. Mm-hmm. And, a, go ahead. I think that's a change of generation. Of because, course. Yeah, because everyone prior says, you know, my picture. grandparents say that was a beautiful picture. Picture. Yes. Um, no dressing room. Okay. And and anyway, when we deal with the closing shot, we see that the last kind of real dressing room she had, it mm-hmm. seems, on Baby Jane was no free trip to Florida either, right. as they say. <laughs> But now there's no dressing room, and you know, she says, you'll bring me over to where I'm going to be, and it's an old, beat-up van. Yeah. And listen, I know Jason gets mad. He says, I go all Harry Potter. Justin. I, Justin, I'm sorry. That I, um, but the, uh, the, the van, the VW van, is so um, of the youth of the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. So even that... Mm-hmm. Was she would like, never be caught dead in that. No, right. just and then it's beat up and rusty and dirty. And her flat in London is disgustingly dirty, dirty and dark. Mm-hmm. And the pink uh, drapes you can see from the exterior shot. And She's then got a cardboard table. Yes, right on. Yes, but but can we talk about when th- this is the end? Plays by the Doors. <laughs> Julia, bring that in. Find this is the end by the Doors. When this came in. Yeah, I didn't know it was. I didn't know it was the the end by the doors, but I knew it was. We were going from that sugary mm-hmm. saccharine song of raindrops. Mm-hmm. The juxtaposition was going to happen, and when we got this psychedelic song, I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Now, this is really what the time period is. Right. right. It's not what she's tried to create. Right. Exactly. This fake yes. like sugar water lifestyle uh-huh. of Hollywood. Now it's reality and. And her me- and Betty hated this time. They hated the hip- They both had very, you know, comments to say about the hippies and the way they dress and the way they don't take care of themselves yeah. and the way they, um, you know, their parents are paying for their lifestyles of doing nothing. So they were about hard work and and that raindrops is, you know, yes, it was the late sixties, but that was a song from more. It's a throwback. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. It was almost like pop music versus, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, but what was really becoming popular. At the which time, is which was more this. meaningful, poignant music. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! This this just comes in. This to me was when I lost it. it. <laughs> yes, when I said, "Oh my God!" It was about one in the morning. I'm watching this, and I'm I'm like, "No, stop it!" Mm-hmm. I mean, and we see um, the young girls in the bathroom. Yes. The it little was, cuties again. Yeah, she's like she was giving all of this advice that was in her book. Yes. So she said, um, you know, I only use certain types of colors, and then she sees the ma- the ape doing his makeup on his skin, oh. and then um, you know, I, I only sit on certain you know hard hard seats. So it seats. It. She saw these beautiful girls getting ready, and she had to go into the stall and sit down. Sit on a hard mm-hmm. seat. So she's giving all of this advice that you probably, are, the- as you're reading it, you probably picture her. Doing her makeup in with bright lights in her Brentwood house, and yes. her sitting on a seat in whatever, like a throne, like in a, a beautiful dressing room. Then she says, um, you know, gives advice about being mother, and she's holding a doll, which says everything about her oh. relationship with her kids. Yes, again, because it's just it was not real. It's not real. The book is not real. Her life yes. is not real, yes. and we just keep both of them, and we yes. just keep hammering this home. And she said, if you get a pass from your boss, 
um, something about you know you know how to how to pass it off, and they invite someone invited her oh, to drinks, and, then, and it was so obvious someone, they were just like inviting her like as a team member for drinks. Yeah, like, hey, want to get a pint with yes. us? Like banging on the window as she's taking pills, doing a shot, uh-huh. about to light a cigarette in the shitbox yes. can. Oh my yes. god! And and even sitting on a hard chair, like even that symbolism of. Her message is sit on a hard chair, be uncomfortable, but anything for, for the beauty. for mm-hmm. beauty and and for the phony presentation, um, and then oh, just imagine on the uh, set of Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte when Betty says, "Do we need need two pages of dialogue for the scene? Can't we do it in less words?" And now, what does she say? To Freddie Francis. Yes. Can we just do this in less in, in fewer words? Yes. Which she probably didn't even really mean. You know, like she would have never gotten that if she hadn't obviously heard it from Betty Davis. So now she's trying to to take, you know, what she thought Betty Davis's probably smart commentary, probably intelligent view of the maybe, script. Maybe. Maybe or and I'm not saying you're wrong, maybe or because they are having this role reverser, like, she was smart enough to go, wait, why doesn't he have hair in his arms? And then, oh, you know, okay. yeah, she's like, you guys are idiots. Like, we don't need all of this. Right. Like, I really am an artist. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I am willing to commit. Look, I'll get ready in a van. I will clean myself in a bathroom. You know, yeah, like, I, I'm i into the art, you know, like, I'm, you know, and, and they weren't. Like, they were, right, they were just right, hacks. Right. Remember, Betty loves talent, right? right? That's why she loves Victor. Mm-hmm. That's why she likes... Um, and these people, it doesn't appear like there's a lot of talent here, you know? I just think that she was so, we see her being so insecure throughout the whole, throughout this whole series. What's at the root is both of their insecurities for different reasons. Um, so I think like, I think they've carried it through and our fan, we have the best fans at After Buzz. I love when people tweet me. It's, you know, we're here to. Well, they is, fill in the gaps. Yes. You know, you guys do. Like, Amazing. I wish I had more time to read some of the YouTube comments because you guys Are totally, the best. yeah, you fill in so many great gaps for us. And there's a lot of Joan fans who feel like they were hoping this show would wipe out that kind of what's in the public consciousness of that kind of mommy dearest character. I guess this is a, that's a post discussion, but we should yeah. maybe bring it up now. I think it has. You think it has? They feel that they yeah. it just showed her being even uh, crazier. Where I think that maybe even after this episode, you gotta be kind of heartless, guys. Because I think that it went from sixty two to seventy seven, and in that time, yes, she was she might have you know there was an issue with Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. There were certainly issues, but she did serve on the board of directors of Pepsi, and I was waiting for them to show that in this episode because you can't. She didn't. She it wasn't a vanity role. She was legitimately. She was, but involved. but they, but she was, but she they claim that she used that more to show, see, I'm relevant, see, I'm a somebody. I don't know if her decisions were actually helpful doing, I don't know, we probably should explore that. But they didn't go anywhere near that in this episode. No. I thought they finally would to maybe kind of round out her character. So I can see what people are saying, but... Again, unless unless her role there wasn't authentic. Right. I know she loved it. Like, even, remember even Betty saying, you know, I'm getting paid by them. Why are you still... Always right. with the Pepsi. Right. Um, living the lie. But I feel as though... Here's why I think you, you should be empathetic. She paid. Yeah. Jack Warner didn't seem to pay. 81 years, had a great run. Had a hopper, in my opinion, did not pay. Had 80 years, had a great run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that... Although Betty suffered too, I think Joan 
suffered the most. At the end, yeah. yeah. And she paid. Yeah. She paid. And not and not a year, guys. Like, it, it seemed like this was from right. baby Jane to death. Mm-hmm. Um, she paid. And so, I mean, I hope people... I came into this very jaded against her. I, I've said this is someone I would never want to work with. Betty would be hard to work with, but mm-hmm. you know what? She's at least trying to make a great film. Right. And that's great. But when you have someone who's... It's about the lighting and them and this, and which I was on the impression Joan was like, and I felt like most of her career she was. Um, but that aside, I feel... Um, Do you feel like this opened your eyes to beyond the mommy dearest? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. And and um, anyway... We, she I guess did we, suffer because there was a part, uh, another point in this episode well, where she... I think right after this, she said she would hear people say... That's Joan Crawford, and she would turn around and say, yes, I am, that she loved being Joan Crawford. But I'd read that she had heard people say she used to be Joan Crawford. See that woman? She used to be Joan Crawford, oh which is so, so painful. horrible and painful. And as we said, it's not like she had the best upbringing. She wasn't set for success. I I, thought, I also can't get over I want to now go see Trog. Um, just even, I don't know if you noticed, the cheap lights, the scratched up old Apple box that the cameraman sitting on i mean the very small crew um and what did you make of that creepy moment when the guy who plays the ape in an english accent remind you of your youth at mgm joe oh my god was that in her mind no i I, oh i don't know i took it as him saying that and him um saying something like that behind a mask which is easier to do and she was just so crushing did he Being mean like, to be sarcastic, or was he just clueless? I, think, I didn't know if they were if he was referring to whatever they were drawing. Were they like drawing something, and he was seeing? He's getting she's getting the direction on the scene from this hack, right? And uh, and I feel like I, I I will say I knew some, the, I've mentioned this person before on the show, but with who knew Anita Page, this guy who took care of Anita Page, and that's how I was able to meet. But he made a lot of movies like Trog, and when I'd be on the set of those movies to visit him, you know they were all very sweet and positive people. They all thought they were making Citizen Kane. You Which know is I mean? how you have to be when you yeah. have every project you yeah, do. Well, yeah, well, true, but I, you want to be, you have to be self-aware. Realistic. And And if you're, if you have talent, you're self-aware. Right. And so people on those things don't have, so I, I don't think he was being, no, I so think he's actually, be, yeah, like, like, like yeah, isn't like, this like, oh, like, isn't this Because great, you can tell right. he just was kind of clueless the whole time. Right. You know, we should actually learn more about, like, okay, all right, so another making. assignment. I want to find out who played the ape in Trog or who played Trog, if that, the, the Troglodyte. Um, we go to the book signing. It just continues to, this just rock continues to yeah. roll down. Did we skip over hill. her holding the Trog mask? Oh, no, yes. We So we end with this, <laughs> th- I mean, this is the end. And you hear, Jim Morrison say, the West is the best, you know, and and that's when, you know, she picks up the trog masks, mm-hmm. mask and sits down with it. We know she's there rehearsing lines all night, but really right. she's spiraling off into madness. Right. And holding a mask like this, the best, the West is the best that when she was in L.A., when she was making movies, it all comes back to she was always playing Joan Crawford mm-hmm. and she's holding a mask. She's always been under a mask. She's always been... She never really knew who she was. No. Like, what's and now underneath we're this? Way further east than even New York. Yes. We're in London. Um, yeah. Oh, I almost crazy. died at that moment. Yeah, when she put the mask on and just sat there, it was just oh, heartbreaking. God, stop this. Please. <laughs> and, you know, the doors and Jim Morrison, who you know is going to perish young. I mean, like, 
Good work, people. Good work, people making this. We're very, very, very treated. We're at the book signing, and I thought it was funny. The girl that comes up, Brenda, the <laughs> fan who's seen Trog six times, like that, you know, like her and her friends, it's the funniest right. thing in the world to see this awful movie. And I don't know, well, she's in pink and blue, and it's the same pink and blue that you see Joan in. In the movie, she's got a pink dress, mm-hmm. but then the blue kind of mm-hmm. lab coat. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 yes. Okay. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I mean, she was talking about colors and muted colors in a boardroom, and she said, no, I always wear yes. pink. And Yes. yes. So even so, up comes the girl, like, in the, yes, same, the same, like, colors. kind of pink and blue ensemble. Uh, how painful that no one's buying the book. We're just lucky they showed up. <sighs> That's horrible. And they were just showing up for the freak show, and... God, to have gone from the, you know, the movie she made after Baby Jane, where mm-hmm. she's out in the audience, you know, having to do all these, like, humiliating mm-hmm. things to promote her movie, to this. Um, but she was really always so, um, like, game? her fans were always so important to her. And yes. kind of, in but some I think, sense, Yes, the had. older fans, but these are young. This yeah. is the new crop so that this, doesn't know her or mm-hmm. get her. It's like, oh, you were really funny in Trog. Or... Loved you and Baby Jane because you were beaten down, but you're a survivor. You have hope. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you don't even... Can't you show me Grand Hotel? Like, can't you... you yes, know, yeah. Why it is it... So heartbreaking. And she's so... She gave her... I didn't write down the line, but the first fan, she gave her a, a barb that was so Betty, which is another yeah. example of how they're, like, switching yes, roles Yes, it here. was really clever. Yeah, it was clever. And Everyone's going to be wondering why I've taken... I'm taking up all my time. Like, why? Who is this girl who's so important that she should be taking up all my time over mm-hmm. everyone else in line yes, or something yes, like yes, that? Yes, that's exactly You're what right. it was. You're yes. right. Again, which was such a Betty Barb. Such a Betty Barb. Um, let's see. So the, she's but by, by the time we get back to her apartment in New York, she's dressed in black and she sees the infamous photo of her and Rosalind Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at a charity luncheon. Yes, they had a charity luncheon, and that I, I read Can you that, speak that, to act, that. Yeah, I read that that actually happened. So they had this charity luncheon. Rosalind Russell was suffering from um, a certain kind of a, arth- le- rheumatoid leukemia arthritis. or leukemia. Oh, leukemia? I, well, I thought okay. she said she said okay. leukemia. I thought, and she was on medication or steroids that were that was making, making her. Bloated. Bloated. Yeah. And um, the next day, Joan saw the picture in the paper and she said, if that's how they see me, then they'll never see me again. And after that, she never stopped submitting me to roles. Mm -hmm. Um, We cut back to the, uh, is it Pauline, the secretary? Yes. And she says, you know, in Japan at 60, you celebrate your second childhood. And she's like, give your grandmother a call or mm-hmm. something like that. And you think about this country. I've heard that before, how the Japanese revere the elderly. They're mm-hmm. the wise ones. They're the ones you go to for the answers. They know better. And in this country, man, we've just always been out with the old and with the new. Yeah. And I think it's getting faster and faster. And I think we also, at the same time, have a culture, and this is not for the show, that is trying to be 17 as long as they can for the rest of My dad, when he came to L.A. 20 years ago, he's like, this place, he's like, Everybody's 42 going on 17. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every yeah. single, you know, and that was then. Uh-huh, it's, right. I mean, the 40 year old man, children walking selfies around. And, yeah. Selfies. And you know, for me, for guys, when I see the 45 year old in a, the Superman shirt, and it's not about that because I'm wearing a Star Trek costume twice a week on the Tomorrow <laughs> Show, but it's the, it, the mentality is just, you know, 
childish, narcissistic. Um, anyway, again, again, a different show. The great Victor Bono. Uh, um, Victor Bono is in for the 78 documentary. They get him in there. And he says, Charlotte, was, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte was no Baby Jane. And I know we had a couple of people on YouTube say, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte got eight uh, Oscar noms. But if you look carefully... It was not best picture, right. best writing, best director, best leading character. Right. It was all like sub things. Mm-hmm. Um, song. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. And he even said that. It's a fine movie, yeah. but it was not. We watched it recently. And it was, what'd you think? It was not Baby Jane. It was boring at, at certain points. It Do was, you think? I think the script was not Baby Jane. Okay, so Justin and I went, Jason and I went back and forth on Justin. this. Justin. Justin, sorry. Goddamn. Sorry, everybody. Um, when do you think if Joan had yes it would have been a better movie yes my husband kept saying that but that being said we do think the script was just not Baby Jane there was no there was a lull in the conflict you know there was constant conflict in Baby Jane because you were always waiting to see what she was going to do to her next Um, and this you didn't really know that Olivia de Havilland's character was so evil until kind of half more than halfway through so there was a point where it was like this movie ever like what's happening? Why would Joan have been better than Olivia? Because Even though Olivia, I thought was a better actress. There were parts where they went back and forth, where they were you know trying to make her crazy throughout the whole movie, and if it was just like what a shame. If it had been Joan, it would have been just uh, it would have been electric. It would have been so much better. I didn't the chemistry. think. Yeah, the okay. chemistry. So Vic, uh, Victor talks about the eight pilots she made, and and. She lost the ability to say no. She mm-hmm. lost her high standards. Her signature was, yeah, her high standards. And we just see like the montage of the one, like trying so hard on 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 uh, pilots and whatnot. And then you know, she has her her uh, she has Victor over to her house, and um, she's drinking, right? Mm-hmm. So um, and smoking, of course, as. And this first time we see her, and we see now we see she's she's aged. Mm-hmm. Um, she throws like the plate of like sandwiches with the crust right. cut off to him <laughs> down on his lap, um, and she goes off on Hepburn. Yes, she's the Joan to Hepburn's Betty. Go, please explain. Because she always Joan. Uh, I mean, Betty always wanted wanted to be the first actress to win three Oscars for Best Actress. And Joan stole that from her. Of course. And Catherine Hepburn eventually got it, um, although she had to share one with someone else. Um, and so she always felt that Catherine Hepburn was, um, you know, just had higher had higher standards. She was a snob. She lived in Connecticut. She didn't live in L.A. She could choose whatever she wanted. And so she was, felt, feels the insecurity that Joan felt toward her. Wow. About her artistry. And then she says that whole story with Life Magazine, I'll tweet about it. Um, Catherine Hepburn said no, and Betty was game. Um, and Catherine Hepburn said no for a variety of reasons. She felt that um, the last time she did something for Life Magazine, they didn't put her on the cover, and she just kind of didn't need it. She was kind of happy I, and secluded. Exactly. And I, feel like, I feel like as much as we all gush over what an artist Betty was, I feel that Hepburn was... Every bit the artist, more sophisticated, and I, I don't think needed it as mm-hmm. much. I right. think loved it, but didn't need it. It wasn't right. her, wasn't her end all be all. I right. think, and I think you're right. I think she's it's a, uh, she's the Joan. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, 
Betty's the Joan. Right. In but, that situation. But she doesn't care. And I feel like she'd just be like, I feel like, and people can tell us who know more about Hepburn, but I feel like she was just type like, I don't want to, I don't want to roll yeah. around with this chick. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm good in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also think that Betty was so, was her jealousy was seething at Hepburn. Then it moved on to, you know, she'll have something I never well, had. She, well, she was right. And, but remember that we keep talking about this role reversal. Then she becomes Joan. At mm-hmm. least I have my kids. Right. And that's what Joan, remember? Like, keep adopting, keep adopting. Right, exactly. I have my children. Mm-hmm. I have, and then we cut to 1972, coughing, phlegmy, uh, Susan Schrannon. I just love, <laughs> I don't know how she could get there, but she did. Uh, I always want to know how an actor gets that smoky, burnt I cigarette voice. I don't know, but it voice, sounds great. Right? It was amazing. Um, and as I said before, we're in, now we're in like a very Joan-like setting. Uh-huh. It's Hollywood. It's bright. Like, this is this is what... It would have looked like in the fifties, and right. she's definitely knocking the young people there. But the setting itself looks, and now she's playing Sugar Water. Yeah, this is someone who's always been to the point, painfully blunt. Whether it's about marriage with with BD, anything, ah, you're not that good of an actor. So what? What? I mean, just brutal. Mm-hmm. And now it's let's have a girls' day. Right. And what, you know what I mean? She's turning into Joan. Right, yes. But I also think she feels, you know, none of her pilots are p- being picked up. She's not, they're not, she's not doing this Life magazine shoot with Catherine Hepburn. She feels like, what if I worked all this, you know, what have I done all of these years? The one thing I have that Catherine Hepburn doesn't have is my children. So now I'll focus again, on men to fill what, me up. But what did Joan do? The, right, the same and thing. And then when the mm-hmm. twins got old, she mm-hmm. went to the adoption agency yes. again. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we're seeing the same, so the same thing, um, and we find out that she smacked again <laughs> yeah. the similarities to Mommy Dear. She smacks the baby in the Her face and, wh- and why? Because she was not for crying. stealing candy, not mm-hmm. for uh, you know uh, breaking a vase or or talking back to grandma. No, for what? Crying because his parents went out, right? Because he loved his parents. Mm-hmm. His parents yes. were leaving. Mm-hmm. So he, of course, he's a baby and had a genuine love. That she never mm-hmm. had, probably had for her mother, and right. BD never had for her. Exactly. So it's, ah, shut up! She was actually very close with her mother, so well, later so when we're we, hearing that... So we thought. That was heartbreaking. So we mm-hmm. thought. She considered her her, her best friend. Right? And so, but her, li- so her life was a fraud, too, yes. like Joan. Mm-hmm. So she thought. Um, and even the, let's, even when BD goes at her, hard. Yes. Let's get guacamole. Everything's yes, better. I mean, the margarita she's at eleven a.m. She's Joan. Uh-huh. I was just, I was just stunned. Um, when she's Martin at the roast? doctor's, what's oh, that? The Will D. You? Martin roast. Okay. Oh no, yeah, yeah, just the doctor's cigarettes are my only friends, <laughs> and she's refusing therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, seventeen days. She tries to be sober. We know that's not going to last. Right. Um, you're not 18, the doctor says. I mean, just these constant brutal reminders they're getting. But yes, the Dean Martin roast. And my first shout out is to the guy who played Dean Martin because I thought he nailed it. He looked like him. It sounded like, like him. like him. 1973 at the, at the roast. And this is actually on YouTube, guys, if you want to check it out. Um, and I love Victor's description about fifth-rate celebrities. So you've got, um, Jay, is it Jane, Jace Hader? Or she's the new Hedda. 
Did you see uh, yes. that Hollywood yes. gossip column? Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like the new head of, but now the poor man's obviously he's not someone who's famous or we would know, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a, again, this thing just, I, I can't believe the truth, how it wrote itself. But Vincent Price, mm-hmm. you know the correlation between Vincent Price and, and Victor. Victor Bono? They were yes. both Batman villains and similar. He played a, one played Egghead, one played okay. King Tut. Like it wasn't bat, it wasn't like Riddler or Joker or Penguin, like or Catwoman, the the main ones. Right, it was like the, the the crappy B ones that they made for TV, and were light and fun. Mm-hmm. So I just that was just like I can't. This thing just writes itself. <laughs> I cannot believe it's Vincent Price knocking her, and they're all knocking her for being manly. Yeah, and Joan Crawford, right? And ah, uh, brutal, mm-hmm. brutal. And she just sits there. And takes it. She takes it, yeah. and then it turns to Victor's. It turns to discussion of Amy McPherson, so, and then that takes us to a '76 dinner party. All young people. Everybody's like smoking at the mm-hmm. table, and she talks about this Amy McPherson chick, who back in the day, an, an evangel- evangelist that she wants to play, mm-hmm. um, but the studio wouldn't let her play the part. She was too old. Too old, and now. They they let well it wasn't it years ago she wanted to do it and then the project came back oh, around okay, okay. so she missed the I okay. think I'm okay. not sure and and but anyway I was under that impression but either way she did feel it seemed like she felt like she could play mm-hmm. still could have played the character right which is it's just a, cr- such a Joan thing because when Joan's daughter got sick she played her character on the yes. soap opera yes and so now and on, again how this thing writes itself it's Faye Dunaway of all people, who is now the new Joan, who's in her dressing room forever, mm-hmm. who's a nightmare, and then who we know goes on to play Mommy Dearest, mm-hmm. which is just insane. And Joan had said she's the only... Joan had given such wonderful compliments to Faye Dunaway. She felt that she was the only um, actress who... Who could play. Who could... Who could she, she felt like she was the only... Um, she didn't say play her, but she felt like she just had the gravitas. She gave her such compliments. Do you the okay. irony that she goes on to end up playing her? Do you think any of that had to do with hear, her hearing that there were problems on set between Faye Dunaway and Betty Davis, oh, and she Davis. was fanning the flames? Like I love that young yes. actress. Do you think? Perhaps. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't put it past her. Okay. Um, she knocks Chinatown. Did you notice? Like she, yes. she, she, she acted a, like she was reading from the Bible and saying, "You better show up on, ta- uh, on time, even if you're the star of Chinatown." Um, you have a, you have a mic problems here. All right, I'm going to carry us for a little bit so while we get your mic fixed. But um, do you think when she knocks, she ma- makes that mention to Chinatown? Um, remember, it's it's Jack Nicholson who stars mm-hmm. in that. Do you think that that there's a correlation between that and her talking? Uh, Joan Crawford talking about Easy Rider and Jack Nicholson right, at the beginning. Right, they both mentioned, yes. You yes, think so? It's yeah, a crossover? Both, yeah, they probably both were, were like, I would love to be in a movie with him. Well, but also, yes, and, and, and symbolically speaking, it's them. On the same wavelength. On the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Um, but not quite, right? Mm-hmm. So they're both not talking about Chinatown or Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Um, then Kathy visits. Then Kathy visits and, and has... Has by this time we're going to try to go chronological. Has has he has Victor advised her to call? Oh yes, she calls her mm-hmm, and says nothing. I wonder. If I that, don't know if that really happened. I'll find out. I'll tweet it. But 
I don't know. And it's interesting that she said nothing, but they're both in the same situation. He said, you're both Aries. You both had four husbands. You both have angry children. Yes. They could have saved each other. They yes. could have. If only one of them had said something and it's, she calls her and says nothing. You're the only one who would understand. Uh-huh. You know, she's the only one. Yes. Ironically, she's the only one who understand what you're going through, says Victor. And then, you know, uh, she thinks Dunaway's good. I should warn her. And then I just love the pause. You should warn her. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, Joan's a cockroach like me. I love that. <laughs> right? Um, Which makes it all the more um, impactful when she finds out she died. Yeah. She doesn't and live forever. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. So Kathy, one of the twins, comes with the grandchildren to Joan and, you know, we've got the microwave and paper plates. Uh-huh. Um, there's no mamacita. Uh, she says, I don't want to leave a mess for mamacita, who's her maid, which is her job to clean up the mess. Right, but, but it's really her friend. Yes, yeah. but again, growth role reversal. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Like she's. Yes. Um, and she doesn't mind if the kids scuff up the floor. Like that's not that's Joan Crawford. That's the biggest thing yes. is is she's just like, oh, as long as, long as they don't get hurt. Yeah. And. Um, She's finally becoming the mother she should have been. What did you think when, she, when Kathy, Kathy's look, when she sees the mother go, no, they can do this. That is it. Like, why weren't you like that with us growing up? Or what? I mean, because because I was trying to it think was, what the I, choice I the actress the, made. Yeah, I felt like she was saying, she was thinking, who is she? Who like this isn't like my mother. I don't know if do she might it, end it's up in she, old age or if. Is it because she is she ill? Am I afraid she's? Oh, she just puzzled and confused. I think she's puzzled and confused and kind of like, who are you and what have you done with my mother? You know, um, she's now a Christian scientist, and we knew that happened at the end of her life. And it's interesting when you go to fundamentalism; it's usually about embracing the past. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the old way that you knew, though that's the the safe way. Um, Christina finally comes up, and I never knew this. I never knew she was aware of the book. Yeah, she got the galleys in advance. Oh, so no one... Now, by the way, that movie ends with her not leaving them any money for reasons well aware of them. Well, God! <laughs> right? But I was I under the impression... Wrote, I think she wrote that will years ago, like in the 60s, when they had had a contentious relationship and never Are we sure? And so Are Christina, we sure about that? I think Christina says... They mended their relationship. She just never updated her will. I don't know if that's true. It's so hard. You know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But I mean, why? I mean, here's the thing. I think that if you saw a book like that, the first thing you do, and I've seen it because I've known older people in Hollywood, and they always threaten the will, the will, mm-hmm. the will. But I think your first move is you call your lawyer and go, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Get her out of the will. Right. But I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But but I was under the impression she, she, she just was cruel and cut the daughter off right and so i don't know maybe that i don't know if that's i think the truth is is most definitely probably somewhere in the middle she probably didn't beat her up as much as christina says and she probably wasn't as wonderful as she claims to be and it was probably somewhere in the middle it sounded like she was admitting that she wasn't wonderful she was Mm -hmm. saying it was different than i had pressure on me like it was the height of my career yeah yeah oh my goodness so maybe reading the reading the book opened her eyes she said well she said in this she didn't read it 
right? Okay. She's like, I don't want to read it. I don't want to go backwards. I don't even want to look at that. It's too real. She probably, you don't think she probably glanced at I it? would think she did, yeah. yes. How could you not? I, really I don't know, but that. the healthy thing is to not. Because when you're right. that deep in your cycle, you need to stay there. Right. Because that's just too much. <laughs> right. Um, what about the nightmare? Oh, to the, me, it wasn't a nightmare. Because I'm, maybe I'm... Okay, no, tell me. Does it so mean, I believe that when you go to sleep at night, you... Um, are, you know, you're on another plane and you're able to correspond with people who've gone before you as well as people who are still here. So when you wake up in the morning, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you have a new outlook or you, you realize things and things seem, things are always okay, better in the morning. Okay, but some are dreams and some are nightmares though, correct? Yes, so I think this was... I mean, it was uh, a dream. It was a healing. It was a correspondence with the people who'd gone before and a, and a kind of healing with the people, with Betty who was still here and... I think Jack died in 78. Is that why at the end of it she's... Okay, I, I don't want to get to the end of the scene because I, I noticed this watching a second time, the flames yes. <laughs> in the window. So they're in hell. That they're in hell, yeah. Rightfully. Yeah, yeah. But Jack Warner and, and Hedda... I think they... Oh, I think please there break is no this hell. down for me. So I think... This is my interpretation. Well, you're, I what, think what, there is... Let's talk about the movie, the movie, the series interpretation, not yours. Like, you yes. have flames in the window, yes. right? Yes. Obviously, yes. like... Yes. So my interpretation is she is having that conversation with all of them that she should have had a lot, like, awake and alive. And she, they and all had an under, they finally came to an understanding. And she was secure enough to handle it all. Yes, and that he had his pain. He was told, you know, you're a Jew, go away. Had to had her pain. She was a failed actress. They each had their own pain, which you can't hate so someone they, when you know their story. So they were each telling their stories. Like, if you only understood what I'd been through, right. we would have treated each other differently. Right. So she was having that or, or Jack's like, or probably not. <laughs> like, it could, like, he's still him. He he's was still consistent. His yeah, that's who he was. Yes. And she was like, okay, I get it. Yes. And they're all playing cards, reminiscent of Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. when she's playing cards yes. with the waxworks? Um, but I love when, when Jack says, yeah, we didn't have talent. Yes. She's like, thank God, <laughs> right? And she's like, I had, and Hedda's like, I had talent. I, I just wanted to be the one pulling the strings. Right. I wanted to wa- be the one. She said the stars, you know, they're the one. It looks like you have the world on a string when the truth is it's better to be pulling the strings. Right. And, and then Betty shows up and. I, and I almost like, before we get there, I almost like how, I felt like Joan was saying, why, why, why? Because I've always mm-hmm. wanted to ask people too, who just get off on terrorizing other people. Right. You know, Why? Like, why did you have to conquer? And that's when Betty comes in. He, yeah. It's not unite and conquer. Like, you know, but, uh-huh. and why does anyone have to be conquered at all? And then she comes in and says, because the in- animals would run the, right, would mm-hmm. run the, king, yes. the asylum. Yeah. Or the inmates would run the asylum or some line like that. And to me, that's so Betty because she was so, I've said this in earlier episodes, she was, until this episode, so self-aware mm-hmm. that she knew that mm-hmm. you can't let a Joan Crawford run the show. She right. was crazy. Right, right. And she was also... Like you were saying last week and last week's after show, that to be good actress, you have to get it. And I feel like she understood people's motivations. So she saw Hedda in pain. She saw Jack Warder in pain. And hurt people hurt people. So this is why this was kind of their motivations for doing the things that they did. I thought it was amazing when, when she said, I always had to be on, which had to be exhausting, and I don't know who I am yes. when I am by myself, and which that- says... Which explains her whole life and, and everything she's ever done. And for both of them, though. Yes. Because Betty doesn't know anymore. Oh, I'm yes. a mom. See, now I'm a mom to my my special needs child, yes. which we're going to see. Um, you know, I, I'm great with the grandkids. We're going to have a girl's day. Like, mm-hmm. no. Um, and, and 
what brings him on the same page? I love the young and the restless. Yes. So oh tell me, yes. how many layers are they, in that one? Oh, right. Right? We like young. We wanted to be, when we were young mm-hmm. and restless, I wish we were back there. Uh-huh. We like a, we, lo- we both now like a two-dimensional uh, sugar water story. Not a deep, you yes. know, um, at least for Betty, who used to be into the art. Yes. You know, Brando yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. um, what else? And that, but, but they also said all that pain will finally amount to something, which I think means, which I think means that, you know, that all over the course of their lives, they all evolved. They all learned something. Um, and I also almost cried when Betty said, you should apologize to Joan when she came to her defense. Yeah. Was. Yes. Wonderful. It was nice. And, and they played the card game, which I thought was amazing. Yes. And I'm sorry I wasn't more generous with you. I wish I'd been a friend to a you. A better friend. I could have lost it. So sad. You uh-huh. know, like I was the beautiful one. I could have been generous in in acting. Like mm-hmm. you were the better actor and I could have been more generous as a supporting mm-hmm. actor and helped you get that Oscar. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I could have been a better friend yes. to you because I knew you were a crazy mental case yes. that nobody wanted to be around. Like I at least had, had Joseph Cotton and Victor mm-hmm. and, you know, the crew mm-hmm. liked me and Bob Aldridge liked me. Um, God. Sorry. No, you guys can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to have to run late. Please don't do this to me. One second. There's so much to... Yeah, we have to go. Come on, Julia, please. <laughs> don't, don't you see my, my face in the building? I'm Joan. They're moving me out. Um, okay, we'll go as fast as we can. Uh, Champagne we, toast. She died a week yes, later. Yes, we. Well, no, no, no. That reversal shot. It's champagne, Mama Cita. Oh, where yes. is the champagne? You don't drink anymore. We'll get some for my friend Betty. There's and then no one snap fingers. And great director, single shot. And by the way, also the shot of Hedda. The single. You see that single, single almost fisheye lens of Hedda mm-hmm. talking. How scary yeah, she right. was. She Just was scary okay. Looking. But we get this reversal. Gray long hair, morning coat, or whatever that is, mm-hmm. night robe, and sitting there alone as it's just raining out in the dark, talking to herself, and Mama Sita comes and basically, you know, takes her away. Here's what I wanted to know. When she looks at herself and her clothing and her hair, I thought she'd be horrified. Like, what? It, why is she happy to see Mama Sita? Is she just happy she's still alive and not dead? Well, I feel like, that's why I think it wasn't a nightmare. I feel like she got closure, and then she died a week later. Like, Oh, like okay. And that, like, so that's is, why Mom, she was okay. happy. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Mama Sita shows up in the documentary, big funeral, and, you know, same old Hollywood deal. Everyone shows up at the funeral. Andy Warhol, like, like mm-hmm. he wasn't even around during her heyday, but <laughs> right. it's like all, all the hipsters, all the hipsters show up. They have to be seen. And she's upset about that. Um, and this was heartbreaking when Betty said, uh, you know, uh, the only, you only say th- good things about the dead, so here you go. Joan Crawford is dead. Good. Yeah. It, just please explain that to no, me. No, that was one of her. That's what she was famous for. She was famous for giving these one-liners, and they were biting, and they were witty, and they were smart, and and that was one but, of the meanest ones. But mean at the end. Come on. But at to the her, end. it was like mean and funny, but in private. So I read that she was when she found out that Joan died, she was with someone in like a green room and it was on the news and she said something very nice about her. Like she was a legend, like she was great. I knew someone who knew her and said, "You know what? She was difficult, but she was really this when Mommy Dearest came out 
and this is before the book was written about her with right. BD, she said, that's terrible, right. and she didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. And so she did, she was much kinder. Um, but she still had to be her in that moment. She still had to, like, give her had that to be, finger. And just, is yeah. it because, again, the show must go on and I must be Betty, or is that how I really feel? I think she just, I think she just went went back to relying on, like, her her way of giving well, her zingers. Quickly, we go see Margot, and we're total Joan mode. The, even, everything is jo- it's it's I was on a date with a one I went on a wonderful date with a man of course this is a gay guy it is not a date um, he drew a wonderful picture of me and like it's like the picture she's like yeah that's the old bag um, she's brushing her hair did you see the thick eyebrows on Margot do you think that was a little <laughs> bit of a Joan a thing? Joan thing perhaps, yeah perhaps uh, yeah. you know am I going because too this deep? is after the death and so she, now she's being she's. And, in a sense, being kind to Joan. And then she starts admitting the mother should talk to her in letters. Mm-hmm. Which is insane and her, and one of, I can't imagine how hurtful because the way she spoke of her mother all of those years after her death and before, they were best friends. They were best friends to the exclusion of her sister. Um, so to find out that this was how her she life really was a lie felt, as well. Yes, felt about her is the ultimate loneliness. Um, how alone she must have felt. At the 1970 Academy Awards... The, the fact that she, Turning Point is my favorite film. If you look like sev- at 78, what was nominated, like it, it, you can see she's not Betty anymore. The turning Point? What? <laughs> like, like Betty Davis would have been into Deer Hunter or, you know, not, mm-hmm. not that that was that year, but I'm saying it's, it's this is not Betty right. Davis. Um, and again, Truth Stranger Than Fiction. She's there to give an, uh, a humanitarian award to Charlton Heston. He's all about guns and killing people. No, I'm sorry. Cause I know there's Heston fans out there, and he, he was a fine actor, but he got a little crazy mm-hmm. with guns and right. and I don't, you know, NRA. yeah, and uh, right, and so, but he's getting a humanitarian award, and she's <laughs> giving the award, right? right Again, which is another, a lie, uh-huh. such a lie. Um, and the two second tribute. How does that happen? Fifty years in showbiz, and, and, and two and, seconds, and she's not even the last one. It's Bing Crosby. Yes, go is the next one. Um, and then they all have a drink to her, and she refuses to sit with Adam, the director, uh, which I get. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be part of this. Uh-huh. Any, right? Is that, I'm just not going to be part of this anymore? Yeah, she said, I won't say a bad thing about, I know you want me to sit there and say, give zingers about Joan Crawford, and I won't do it, which was another point. I could have cried. She said, she, I won't say a bad thing about Joan Crawford. Yeah, which was awesome. And then, why did they say, I wish, why did that one assistant say, I wish I was there on the first day, the female? Because we were there on the first day, yeah. and we saw how it all went down. Yeah, I don't think we saw this exchange. We did not. Yeah. We did not. So uh, we saw it, it that, did... that they could have become friends. When they were at that dinner and they were saying, that Joan said, this is what happened to me as a young child, they were giving, they, that was the moment they were becoming friends, and then Hedda Hopper, the devil who's in hell now, not really. Right. Ruined it all, I think. So we think. And, and also some of the other people, too. And Jack Warner. our interpretation of the show, that's what um, it seems like. Right. So, and and I thought it was so poignant that wide shot their dressing rooms with just two boxes, mm-hmm. two boxes, uh-huh, two which is prison where you cells. End up at the end of the day. Right, uh-huh. and you're right, and you're in two boxes at the end. Um, and when we go to the black screen, the epilogue, I thought it was interesting that they made a note that all of Bob's four kids went on to work in show business. So it's like I feel like he he got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did something right. He mm-hmm. got it right. When yeah. I always said that about him, yeah. he was. To be he, fair, jo- uh, Betty's son became a successful lawyer in Boston, happily married with two kids, and we never saw him because there was no conflict there. I think right, he, there's not the story. Um, wow. 
So, I mean, I think one of the most amazing series I've seen, especially for a miniseries, I think the best, uh, certainly one of the best. And we uh, will be back. I know you're excited for the Diana. file. (laughs) Okay, I know. And I am going to be here, too. Justin will be out of his mind. So will Maria. I will be the weak link. On that show, I will not be leading that show. No, no, I love it from history (laughs) and I love it from people. But for me, I'm old Hollywood. I I really wish we were going. I wish we were doing an older feud or, you know. But anyway, you guys, thank you so, so much. The fans on this were great this year. We definitely, um, we weren't as consistent, I think, panel-wise as we wanted to be because this kind of all came together fast. We'll be more on it next time. Maria will talk less about herself. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, the, you guys were great. Your tweets, your comments on iTunes, and your comments on YouTube. Um, if you want to uh, go there and uh, send us those comments on YouTube, on iTunes, or, or at Fern Renee, yes, right? Yes, I'm on everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, at Fern Renee, and my website, FernRenee.com. And tweet me because I love corresponding with yeah, you. Yeah, and, tr- and Fern will figure it out for you. Yeah. If she doesn't know, she'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm Adam DeGaro, and uh, check me out on The Tomorrow Show, thetomorrowshow.com. Mondays and Thursdays, and you can get us on iTunes. You guys, thank you in the booth. Thank you, AfterBuzz, for your patience letting us go over. We'll see you back for Charles and Diana. Peace. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.